Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 126, episode 4 of Your Daily Zeitgeist! Production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and do soft sticks real quick. Say officially off the top. Fuck the Coke Brothers and Coke Industries. Fuck Fox News. Fuck the coronavirus. Fuck fuck the hard sticks. It's Thursday, (laughs) March 26, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. It's all the same. The guests don't even change. Every day seems we're quarantining away. Another place where the takes are never cold. I'm up all night because I'm stuck at home. I'm a gamer. <laughs> For Nintendo Switch, I ride. I'm hosting. Hosting. Daily Zeitgeist. That is courtesy of Johnny Davis. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Billy Ray Virus, a.k.a. Skype Williams, a.k.a. Orlando Zoom, a.k.a. Quarantina Turner, a.k.a. Lysol Minnelli, a.k.a. Purell Williams, a.k.a. Sopra Winfrey, a.k.a. Denzel Washigan. Thank you to Christy Yamaguchi Mine for that one, for that whole string of AKAs. Dude, Lysol Minnelli. Lysol Minnelli. Lysol Minnelli got me. Yeah, that's the that's the winner, I think. Uh, I'm just thinking well, of the other the Lucille from Arrested Development whenever I think of Lionel oh, Nelly. Yeah. Oh. So great. Uh, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, talented Lil Zam herself, Jamie Loftus! You are Jack O.P., part of Daily Z, and he... Is Miles Gray, you host while we isolate. Tell me why this podcast is so second rate. <laughs> Tell me why I'm guesting on another day. J-A-M-I and then E is how you spell my name. Ooh. Hacking <laughs> your mainframe. Wow. Woo. What a close. What a close. Oh, oh boy. Was, that's from. Soft sticks, soft sticks, soft sticks. That's soft that sticks, little soft sticks for that soft one. Sticks, that's, soft sticks. Uh, that's from at Listen to Blazer. Another another slapper throwing a lot of wonderful AKAs in, in my in my menchies. Yeah. 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 Menchies. Menchies. Slide into my menchies. Welcome to my menchies. Uh, <laughs> Water's warm. Do you say that to everybody who ever mentions you on, on Twitter? Hi. Yeah, it's an auto response. Hi, welcome uh, to my menchies. <laughs> <laughs> we should say soft sticks, hard sticks. The, those are our uh, our marks for DJ Daniel, who just informed us we don't have to do that anymore. But production terms, yeah, yeah. Production sorry, we, terms. We're hitting. Usually, we're we clap really to shit. sync everything up. Uh, we fun. just found out Daniel doesn't want us to do that anymore. But uh, we'll just do a mark real times. quick. One clean sync clap here, Miles. Mark, there you go for Daniel. <laughs> oh, can we do it again? And Jamie, soft sticks. Yeah, sorry, I didn't do mine at so, the same time. I'm gonna do soft sticks One. really quick. Oh. Soft Good. sticks. Okay, great. Uh, for people to know, soft sticks, soft sticks. When you're Using the clapper uh, for film production, sometimes you don't want to do the loud slate, so you just do soft sticks, okay? Not the full mark, clap, nope, just soft sticks. 
So, I like okay. the, I like the soft sticks until it happens, and then there's someone you know looking in your eyes, being like, "Soft stick." Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Those soft have stick to act meat like in my nothing eye. Nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, like so we're losing it. Just a moment between the two of you. I was like, uh, <laughs> I'd like you're not about to kiss. <laughs> oh, how dare soft you, sticks. Uh, guys. Let's hmm. let's uh, tell the listeners what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Prince Chaz. We're going to talk about Times Up and uh, Joe Biden. We're going to talk about the stimulus package, the Stimmy Packy. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about the fact that social distancing might actually be working and that people might actually be doing it. We're we're starting to see Americans. Uh, respond some some good news. Uh, we're Yay. gonna talk about televangelists. We're gonna get to that motherfucker today. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna talk about Jeff Bezos and why he ought to go to prison. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Cowboy Museum. We're gonna talk about McDonald's Ooh. and how they're uh, defeating coronavirus. Uh, all of that, ways. plenty more. But first, gang, what's yeah. uh what's something from our search history that's revealing about who we are? Oh boy! I searched yeah, uh, 3D soundscape app for Android because yesterday I was talking about that app Portal that I've been using that puts yeah. you uh-huh. like in all kinds of different environments, and then I realized it's only for iOS or at the t- as of right now. So I was some Zeit gang were like, "Oh hey, is there a, is there one for Android?" Found it. It's called Nature Space. I think it's good. Ooh. I haven't tried it, but it's a very similar thing. It's just a ton of 3D audio recordings that will just kind of Put you in another environment just by using your your good old ears and your hearing. Ah, uh, I like that. Ears. I looked. I looked up yesterday. Uh, like, um, what was it? Let me find the specific term. I looked up uh, meditation app less scary. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, which is kind of which I realize is rich coming from me because I'm obsessed with ASMR and everyone finds that scary. But for some reason, like the the popular uh, the popular meditation apps, the way do you ever like listen to a meditation tape and you're like, stop being so fucking condescending? Does that make sense? Wait, what do you mean? Like you go into it being like, what you think you're better than me, bro? Maybe I'm just channeling my youth. Yeah, no, yeah, kind of like where sometimes they're like. All right, and we're gonna want to relax. I'm like, okay, we get it. You know how to relax. Like, I don't know. Does that oh, make sense? Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. so you feel like you're ready for some like advanced meditation shit? Like, I don't need this much guidance to meditate. Talk to Mr. me like a sir, human being, not, not like a person. kindergartner. I just, yeah, I feel like they're kind of putting on kitty gloves when they're telling you how to. I'm just, I just don't like being told what to do. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> oh. So guided meditations, maybe not for you. Maybe I don't not think for it's you. for me. That's why I have to yeah. like listen to forty-five minute videos of, of some like nineteen-year-old pretending to give me a haircut. Uh, yeah. is because she's not telling me what to do. When the I don't know, especially like when when certain like meditation apps tell you what to do, I'm like, you know, you don't know my fucking life. I'm not tired. <laughs> well, yeah. but at a certain point, don't you feel like that? I mean, is that because you already have a way to meditate or do you think putting yourself in a position to begin meditating is a little unnerving? So then you start like reverting to being like, nah, fuck this, fuck this. I guess I don't like this, the the like sub, being the sub in the situation right. with wow. the meditation app. I, I don't want to be dommed by an app 
and it and it ends up I, I'm glad it works for so many people but for some reason like it just has the opposite effect on me it stresses me out I'm like this is going to tell me what to do well then and maybe just, just simplify it and just do breathing like just be aware of your breathing and the only rules you should do like a really simple way is to just breathe in really slowly for like up to the count of five and then slowly exhale for Jamie, six Jamie, it sounds like Why Miles are you telling is me trying to, to fucking do? Right Why are yeah. you doming me over no, the No, I'm Google just saying that way. If you, if you do that, Miles. you don't need a you don't need any guidance. Just do the uh-huh. just do the breathing. But it sounds like I'm, that sounds like guidance to me. Uh, actually, this is actually mistaken. violence, and yeah. Yeah. it's guidance turned to violence. <laughs> when yes. guidance turns to violence, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. There are sometimes. Do you ever hear something and you're like, you just think of what the future ex- expose piece on it is going to be? Right, really? right, right. <laughs> when guidance, guidance turns, turns to, violence. to violence, toxicity <laughs> in the headspace offices. Isn't like, that the yeah. Bikram Yoga documentary title? When, when guidance turns to oh, with the like, what what was the name of the guy? I watched that and then I cried and then I forgot about it immediately. Isn't that Yeah, horrible? and you're like, oh my God, Bikram <laughs> Yoga is fucking terrible. Like, yeah, the that guy was like, is was a Bikram fucking Yoga. monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Googled coronavirus overreaction. Uh, as no. you guys know, <laughs> as you guys know, I've been black pilled. Uh, no, I like to <laughs> I like to keep an eye on the uh, on the conservatives and one way I do that is look at the top trending articles on Wall Street Journal, and they had an opinion piece that was like, uh, coronavirus o- overreaction, uh, people are overblowing it. And so I Googled, uh, I you can't read the Wall Street Journal because it's behind a paywall, and I don't want to give Rupert I Murdoch to, my money. But I had to unsubscribe from them on the phone a few weeks ago. Uh, cause I got like quoted in an article. So I signed up and then they charged me like $25 out of nowhere. And I've never unsubscribed to something easier. Like the people on the phone understand why you want to not be subscribed to the wall street journal. And they're like, yeah, totally. We get it. <laughs> yeah. Your account has <laughs> yeah, been Yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. So never, they, but anyways, I Googled, found an article from a guy at the Hoover Institute uh, which is a think tank or used to be a library from Herbert Hoover uh, at Stanford. And Stanford has like a lot of conservative think tanks. Uh, yeah. But anyways, this guy was like, I predicted last week that there would only be like 50 oh, deaths the in the United up. States. No. Uh, and then like I looked at what the current count was. He wrote this article on Monday. The current count is like already above what his... A prediction was for total number of deaths. So he what was a little uh, bitch. Yeah, but <laughs> anyways, uh, what's something we think is underrated? Incense, scented candles. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Try and u- try and use stimulate as many senses as possible. I think is really what is the underlying thing. I'm I'm realizing why I enjoy it. There was like an article, I think in Jezebel, where someone was reading like Marie Kondo's or Marie Kondo, uh, her her journal, and talking about how she like spends With her permission days or without like, permission. Uh, without permission, <laughs> just it was very Broke much a parasite lock? parasite the type situation. Was from her mom, <laughs> yeah. Just snatched the journal and just dove right in. Um, but no, I think it's something she published, but like. One of the first things that she does is she likes to light incense and like fill her house with like a smell or something good. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to read the rest of this, but I like that idea. And I just realized <laughs> just like from that standpoint, yeah, like it's not a thing. Like I have, yo, I'm scented candle. I'm scented candle the fuck out at my house. I have oh, so many. 
that now I'm just like burning them end to end just to kind of keep the just to feel the, something. Yeah, exactly. Well, not even <laughs> right. to feel something. Like I'm, you know, in in terms of I think my my process of dealing with the pandemic and being locked down and isolated, I'm definitely out of the compartmentalization phase where I was like, "Yep, I'm going to put that stress over here so I can do this other thing." And now I'm trying to fully move into acceptance now so I can fucking own the situation because for a while I felt like I was not able to do that. Sure. Um and that's part of it, you know, just get your get your breathing on. I like to get cucked through the through my ears with my meditation, my guided meditations. Do not and, cuck me on the apps. <laughs> and yeah, get your incense going. Get those get those senses stimulated. I'll I'll piggyback on that and say that I so we we got a bunch of candles um our last trip to the store and we uh i i went back and watched my favorite candle youtuber my first favorite youtuber ever his name's okay candle youtube oh, candle it's a small YouTube. but candle youtube you <laughs> this laugh is some chris croft you shit. laugh but yeah. guess what you laugh but they've been drew has been in the game for 10 fucking years he's been making candle videos since he was 14 years old like i I found Drew. His name's Drew Yach. He has blocked me on all platforms, but that's my fault. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no, Jamie! What happened? I, I honestly that's, that's don't a whole, even. I don't even a remember whole series why. of podcasts. I don't even honestly remember why. I don't know, but the the so it's uh, Drew Yach Y A U C H, and he makes like he used to make all candle review videos. But the video I rewatched of his lately is Candle Care, and because he teaches you a lot about okay things he teaches you about for like a jar candle. There's a lot at play here. You've got to trim the wicks. Oh yeah. Or you got to trim the wicks, or it's not going to burn right. If you're gonna burn your jar candle, you better commit to burning it for a couple hours. Because if you don't create a full wax pool, the candle's gonna tunnel, and you're gonna Ex waste so much of your candle. Exactly. If you want a good idea of what a candle smells like, you gotta sniff the lid. Drew has this compulsion in the videos where every time he picks <laughs> up a candle lid, he just goes, he just like sniffs it. Like, <laughs> he's, you gotta. As watch. opposed to sniffing the candle itself, the lid smells more. The lid huh. is the more authentic. I don't know why, but Drew, I've 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 never found him to be wrong about these things. Yeah. Uh, so check out his channel. He is an adult man now, uh, but I've been uh, watching his videos for a full decade. I was a little worried when Miles uh, was doming you with that, in telling you what to do with incense, uh, that we were going to have a problem, but then you piggybacked on it, so it was like almost like a wrestling move where you mm -hmm. ended up doming him by piggybacking on his incense advice. I'm a, power, uh, I'm a power bottom. Are the wrestlers... <laughs> are, the, are the wrestlers still wrestling? I, I, Did last we see I something saw that there was? was? Should they yeah. be wrestling... I think no. maybe no. One hundred percent no. I I was reading uh, the Hoover Institute earlier, and I'm going to say they should be uh, based okay. on based on what I learned. Based there. on what they're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is something we think is overrated besides the coronavirus? Hey. And the reaction, overreaction. Hey, what, uh, about, what do we think is overrated, about, gang? Well, American capitalism. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I. Uh, I. I don't. Overrated. Well, I don't know. This is just kind of a frustrate. I've been getting really aggro in the choir this past 24 hours. I ran mm -hmm. out of cold brew, 
that I took from the office. So that's been a change. It's been. <laughs> I've a been shift. on zero brew this the last two weeks. Oh, I I got like I got exactly seven cans, and uh, here we are on pod eight, and things are things Go are boy. Uh, so <laughs> o- overrated, uh, not stealing. Uh, but I, I think overrated is uh, the media, the lack of media coverage uh, on. Uh, I mean, I think everyone's giving uh, Bernie a hard time right now, right? Because he's going to be at the next debate, which I think is like stupid, right? But also the fact that Joe Biden has more or less disappeared to the point where many people were like, did he die? Uh, <laughs> uh, and and what no one is covering is the fact that Bernie fucking Sanders, man of the people, has been live streaming um, coronavirus updates and speaking with experts every single night for like the past week and a half. Yeah. He's been, I've yeah. been there. So overrated, not watching the Bernie Sanders live streams. They're on at like, I think they're on at like eight, Eastern time, uh, but I've been getting a lot of good info. Uh, they'll have different streams about um, legislation around coronavirus, ways to protect yourself, ways to protect other people, and stuff like that. So overrated media ignoring that. Mm. Yeah, I think overrated is also the media covering these stupid presidential briefings that have no fucking useful information in them, and if anything, are like actually the antithesis of disseminating useful information. How you say it? a waste of time? I'm gonna stop talking about public polling and how Trump is polling, just because it literally is driving me up a wall. Like literally, I was climbing up a wall yesterday. You were driving your car uh, up a wall. It was a very yeah. Jack a physics Paul, miracle. Spider Man, turn out the dark. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, He's got a full like wire stunt rig in his home now, so he can just be like. Honey, I'm growing up the walls. <laughs> Honey, I'm pissed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll, I'm not going to talk about that, but that is people seem to be responding positively to those uh, press briefings. I think the media is probably complicit in that by covering every, every fucking thing that he says, even though it's mostly nonsense. It's nonsense um, or it's so dangerous and is not going to be true. And that's all going to be made. It's going to be proven in a matter of days and weeks, like every single thing. Like, oh, yeah, Easter, right. it's going to be fine. It's not like what. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I like that. It, it's just the polling, though, is just it's just inaccurate because the majority of the country is not in the place that like other places are yet. And it's not. It's just there's different levels of engagement, yeah. and we'll get into that later because uh, that bears out in the actual data in terms of who's socially distancing who's and who isn't. Social distancing, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and also the polling lags. You know, there's the polling is from like four days ago. Dude, get out of your 2016 brain, dude. Those polls, I know, fuck I really them, bro. To. They're fuck they're the trash. Uh, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Uh, there's no such thing as a bad movie in the quar. There still is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Still what's, is. A, what's a bad movie? Give me an example. I was, I was walking in like I was bulletproof that I couldn't die. I could watch any movie I want and have a grand old time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we tried to watch Little Nicky last night. Uh, there's still such a bad thing. There's there's still bad movies in the quad. Oh, come on, Jamie. What, why don't you? Oh my, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, my favorite... Wow. 
beginning with the font, like even the font the title (laughs) is in, you're like, who could you try less? There, it's wild. I just like that one scene (laughs) where he goes, just for the film. It's like like the poster. It's like two fonts that were on Microsoft Word twenty years ago. It's. It's so it's it's like those cursed those really cursed hand like they're supposed to look like handwriting, yeah uh, yeah yeah. Little, yeah. And then there's they got that little pitchfork Y. It's but uh, he's also got a halo because I got a good side. He's right, right. <laughs> that whole <laughs> affect was so my own. The only part I liked from it is like in the beginning where he's like on Earth and he's like telling people like get in the flask or whatever to like you know, just <laughs> so, get their souls or whatever. When he goes to Popeye's Chicken and he's in line and he's like, "Hi, welcome to Popeye's. Can I take your order?" And he's like, "Get in the flask." And the person's like, "What?" And he's like, "I'm talking about an eight piece, buddy. Let's go." Like the way he pivots away <laughs> from his weird Satan so soul thing. Weird is the only line I can remember and love. Otherwise, it's just like the his those guys that are always in his films, like the stoner shit that's in there is just like okay. It's definitely yeah. very high concept. There, <laughs> that I'll say. But there, it's so. And they have one of my least favorite brands of cameo, where it's like a football player that I don't know who it is comes on and says like, "Hey, uh, I came to hell to because I'd really like to win the Super Bowl, and I would trade my soul for a Super Bowl ring." And then like one of the poor fucking actor opposite him has to be like no you may not have a super bowl ring and i guess <laughs> in 2000 everyone was cheering but i don't know what the fuck it means uh i'm hey, trying have to you... find figure out who the cameo is i was trying i thought it was one of the brothers but it wasn't does that help the barbers <laughs> no i don't know who that is the yeah. I, uh, I, the mannings Peyton the Mannings, yeah, I thought it was one of those brothers, but Isaac said it wasn't one of those brothers. Dan Marino makes a ca- is it Dan Marino? Oh, it's probably Dan Marino because he, he, he was he. Is... This shit came out in like ninety what eight ninety two thousand two thousand yeah. Was he still? Playing? I mean, that was maybe the end of Marino's career, and he I never. So. Yeah, because he went he to hell to Super beg Bowl. for a Super Bowl ring. He said, "I'd really like a Super Bowl ring." There, it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> Have you guys ever watched A Hundred Deeds for Eddie McDowd? No. What? Is it good? What is it? All right. It's a, I found it on YouTube, but I watched it when I was a kid. It's an old Nickelodeon show about a, a man who is turned into a dog uh, because he is a bad person, and he has to do A Hundred uh. Good Deeds as a dog to become a man again. Oh, I re- that's the dog with the weird blue eyes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a very it's like maybe the scariest TV dog of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's got like those freaky like they digitally manipulate its mouth so it's like uh-uh, nah. Hey, I'd like to do a good deed. I liked that. I like that. <laughs> oh, hey, no. can I mow your lawn for free, please? <laughs> deed number like the, 62. The Conan uh animation where it's just like a hole in a photograph of a dog with a human yeah, mouth yeah, exactly. inside of it. <laughs> Um, All right, guys, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And let's uh, let's do the latest rundown of famous people who have coronavirus. Uh, (laughs) Prince Charles. Yeah. Big guy. He's only displaying mild symptoms. Yeah. 
71 oh. years old, but I don't know that everyone's like, uh oh, what about the queen who's like 93? Is she okay? Everyone says the queen is in good health, so worry not. The queen's okay. been social distancing for. Her whole she's, centuries. Well, that's that's there is a, she's social distancing at a whole separate fucking castle because right. money. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, some she's, people have the ability to do that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's like oh, it'd be kind of wouldn't it be cool if someone that we lived with got sick, we could just go to another castle. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get my support staff and move this whole thing to my other castle. Sorry for inconveniencing you. A different yeah. version of that story that I came across last night that I loved, loved, loved was Oprah and Stedman social distancing. Yeah. She's, got, she's got Stedman is displaying no symptoms. And Oprah is like, you are staying in the guest house, my friend. And Stedman, king that he is, is like, makes sense to me. Off okay, I go. no problem. Trot, trot, trot. <laughs> he trotted off and he did it. Oh, He's I like, love Oprah, would you, would you mind at least giving me a newspaper that, that's from this year? For me to read. <laughs> oh, you shut up, Stedman. You're sick. Remember that. You're sick. And you shouldn't come out because you're sick. I love the oh, idea okay. that she has him in like a controlled reality. <laughs> yeah. only, it's just a one big psychological experiment where he has he, he has not been exposed to reality post 2001. What if Stedman's getting munchausened? What if yeah. <laughs> right? What Stedman's like? I think I'm sick, and Oprah's like, "That's right, you're sick." You're but, sick. That's right. You're a sick <laughs> little boy. I think that I. Oh God, I just hope that Stedman and Jeffrey Garten are on the phone, just like talking about their similar lives. Right. Oh, he's like, yeah. "Hey, wait, hey, who's what, Jeffrey Gardner? Oh, he's the barefoot Contessa's husband who always comes oh, home right. at the end yeah. of the episode and is like, "I'm so proud of you." But yeah. <laughs> this, the thing about Jeffrey Garten that no one ever talks about because they're like, oh, what a sweet old man. He loves his wife so much. He was on fucking Wall Street in the 80s. He's got some, the, the Barefoot Contessa uh, empire is built on some dark ass money from Jeffrey mm. Garten. You can bet, mm. you, can, you can bet on it. There you go. Bet Tear that ass. myth down, Jamie. Tear Exposed. that fucking myth down. Exposed. Exposed. Oh yeah, barefoot on your Corinthian marble floors. When- I hear she wears shoes outside of the house. Um, Unfucking believable. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, riddle me this. What are these you pictures of shit? her with shoes on? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about uh, the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. Uh, Jamie, oh, I think you brought this story. I did. The Intercept broke this story um, very recently. Basically, it's a story regarding um, how... The Time's Up Legal Defense Fund had some credible allegations uh, against Joe Biden, of which there are many, and they did not help the person out who who brought them, citing, from what I can tell, uh, citing the fact that they they were putting their nonprofit status at risk by speaking up for a victim who had an allegation against a current political candidate. I want to make sure I'm getting that wording right, but I'm pretty sure that that is what it is. So from that story in The Intercept, they're they're saying that, so basically uh, a woman came forward to the organization. And so Times of, if you don't know, is like this huge resource for women who are being sexually harassed in the workplace. It was like the most successful GoFundMe of all time. There's been a ton of celebrities involved. It's a great organization. Uh, But there was this uh, case where a woman brought her uh her credible allegations 
to uh, the director of Time's Up, Sharon Tajani, uh, and was told that no assistance, or I'm quoting, that no assistance could be provided because the person she was accusing, Biden, was a candidate for federal office and assisting a case against him could jeopardize the organization's nonprofit status. Whether mm. this is actually true is pretty murky. And uh, there there are sources quoted in the article that says that that is kind of a stretch. Um, and mm. unfo- and uh, they continued to dig a little deeper uh, and it was kind of came to light that Quote, the public relations firm that works on behalf of Time's Up Legal Defense Fund is SKD Knickerbocker, whose managing director, Anita Dunn, is the top advisor to Biden's presidential campaign. Um, Jesus. So, you know, whether there is some murkiness in terms of whether you can uh, have credible allegations and, and give money to help legally defend someone who has uh, allegations against the current political candidate— uh, there's also Time's Up has some clear connections to the Biden campaign that uh, would maybe make it advantageous to not help a victim uh, yeah. with credible allegations. So that sucks. I mean, and I think has also the too, like allegation been he... reported out. No. Like, ha- has the Intercept kind of figured uh, out what the allegation is? Yeah, they interviewed her, and it is all detailed in in the piece. Um, mm. and it's, it's from years ago. She talks about, um, the incident and then also talks about like, I, you know, that thing that it's, it's sucks that, you know, like a, a woman with an allegation against Joe Biden has to, or, or she was thinking in the mind frame of, well, do I want to bring this forward? Does it make it more likely that Trump gets reelected if I bring in an allegation right. against Joe Biden to the surface? And she acknowledges that, um, mental, you know, tug of war, but she was just like, yeah, I have to like speak my truth. And so she was seeking help from the Time's Up Defense Fund. And they uh, twice said, yeah, no, we can't do that because uh, something, something, our nonprofit status. Right. So uh, that's shady sure. from an more organization that's that. done a lot of good. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I'm think sure that, more to come on that. Like, I'm curious to is... how they respond because that is like a real, I mean, Defend victims or, or or don't, you know. And then even if, yeah. if you wanted to extend that argument, let's say they really were concerned, even though some people are like, well, I mean, based on how the group operates, it's not like they'd be going out of their way to go after Joe Biden. Like it's set up to right. protect people who have sexual harassment or abuse allegations against mm-hmm. employers or companies. But if it if they are worried about their nonprofit status, then also I think part of that conversation for it to be full, you know, a full conversation, then then they need to say, well, and that's why we also need to talk about how nonprofits are treated. And as if like if if they are saying that federal candidates are protected, then that is also an issue that needs to be discussed. But if that's right. not the case, then the rock on do what yeah. you said you were going to keep doing as an organization. Yeah, I mean, I the, the, the article talks about the reasoning for it possibly being a nonprofit risk, but also kind of comes down on the side of like. That seems a little overly cautious, especially for a group that is really touting its commitment to victims. Yeah. Um, and if you know, you add that to their connections to the presidential campaign, and it just kind of gets shadier from there. So I, but guess, I guess, yeah, man. We'll, yeah. There's see, so we'll many, see how they respond. so many know. forces at play, like in terms of everyone's calculus, whether it's the person bringing the allegation or the group 
you know, funding the legal case or whatever. Like everyone's thinking of like five different things at once. Yeah. It's always really frustrating. I mean, I, I hope that Time's Up does the right thing and acknowledges that this is a clear fuck up. And like, I mean, the right thing to do there is like you're saying, Miles, like challenge what that's if if that yeah. is a problem, you have to challenge that standard because otherwise victims are just going to be silenced on yeah. those grounds. Well, what's the point? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, it is frustrating to see like uh, causes that seem to be like rooted in a lot of people's beliefs that end up kind of fucking up in this way. And I think we kind of saw that play out with the Women's March uh, in the past year as well and the way that the management went behind that and how that got so fucked up and took something that, you know, people believed in and felt really strongly about and just because of how it was being organized and the powers that be in control of it, uh, it kind of fell apart right. and uh, Internal ruined divisions. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the stimulus package, guys. Uh, it was passed. It does seem to be the thing that uh, everyone was talking about yesterday. Uh, Stimpak is $2 trillion. Two nights ago when we did trending, that I think somebody in the Trump administration was saying $6 trillion, but uh, it ends up being $2 trillion. Still, uh, that is... Enough if you wanted to give two million people a million dollars each. That's what two trillion dollars is. That's uh, a lot of money. You could make two million millionaires if you wanted to. Um, but the the way that it's being distributed, uh, there's going to be twelve hundred dollars to each adult uh, and plus five hundred dollars per child. And then they're also adding $600 per week to the emergency unemployment insurance for people who are uh, seeking unemployment benefits. Uh, as of January, the average unemployment insurance check was $385 per week. So that's going to be a big, uh, a big game help changer to yeah. people who are, are losing their jobs. The thing with even the direct payments, you know, like those are relative to income too. So if you make $99,000 or over, you won't receive any. But the way it's built right now, about 90% of Americans will receive some kind of check. Um, then there's like that corporate slush fund thing. Like, again, you know, some yeah. small victories where the Democrats were able to get like an oversight committee put on to like how the money's distributed and like an inspector general to make sure everything is not just like Trump and his homies behind closed doors, just signing blank checks. Um, right. But, you know, there, there's also this thing that makes sure that none of Trump's like affiliated companies or any companies affiliated with top officials are going to see a cent of this relief. Um, OK, that's fine. Um, but even like the small business stuff, like their interest, their low interest loans, they they should not be loans. They they should right. they should be fucking grants. Like this is where we're starting to see again the old model rear its head. It's like, nah, nah, they're gonna pay that back. And they'll be low interest. Right. Not even fucking zero percent interest, right. like no interest loans. It's still a fucking low interest it, loan. I think that's fucking bullshit. Debt, it's the student debt scam and the fucking like in a mortgage scam all over again. Yeah. And I think even this with the direct payments, it's most people are saying it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. Even yeah. if if it continues for a few months because the way this all we're doing is giving money to people who have bills so they can just sign that fucking $1200 check over to the fucking whoever the fuck immediately that you owe right. money to. Now I get other people have like de like debts and things like that that aren't necessarily owed to a gigantic corporation or bank. 
but a lot of the people who are getting benefits from this this stimulus or emergency, whatever the fuck Mitch McConnell is trying to call this, you know, are large corporations and banks. So that's they're still not fundamentally solving the issue for people, which is like, yeah, but what about my bills? Because that that money you give me, that just goes through my fingers and I'm back to living. Now I'm living stimulus check to stimulus check versus paycheck to paycheck. And right. it's not really addressing the big issue. And even Andrew Cuomo was like, dude, the fucking I granted they're giving New York like three point eight billion dollars. He's like, but we're like, that's that's nothing like we need so right. much more based on what's happening. And so there's definitely a lot of, um, you know, people who feel it's good enough. Many people who don't feel it's good enough. Other people who are like, I don't know if we're actually solving the problem here. We're just we're just we're just putting like water on a big fire rather than like cutting off the fuel to the fire as well. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, we'll see where that goes. And I know hospitals and state governments are obviously getting, um, a decent amount of funding, but from, from when you look at it, a lot of the money is just going to distressed companies as well. Sure. There are some limitations put on that, but like you'd want to see all of that, that real aid go to working people and, you know, uh, really solving the issues that actual Americans have day to day in this new era. Yeah. So the small business loans, the $367 billion in low interest loans, is that, uh, that's counted towards the $2 trillion stimulus. Yeah. That's part of the $2 trillion. That's like, that's 15% of that or more yeah. over 15% of the whole thing is just loans. That, well, and then, you know, yeah, but you know, 500 billion, uh, for the, you know, make sure there's liquidity for these larger companies. Right. right. Um, and again, you know, like Elizabeth Warren had like some uh, regulations that she want put on some of these companies. But, you know, the Senate is what it is. And that was right. that that was not taken on board. So we have this vague version again where we need something actually substantively different than how we're doing things. And we're just doing this like these half measures. And most people, economists and other people who are interested in politics are not interested, like pundits are saying like the the solution can't be fucking stitching together the broken, fucked up system we have. Like we have to actually think about what our what this new financial system looks like coming out of this. That's the only right. way to like avoid wide scale pain. Yeah. I, I think one of the things Elizabeth Warren was pushing for was uh making sure that the big corporations couldn't do stock buybacks do we know if she got that i don't know i know that she definitely she definitely was one of her big like causes yeah yeah one of the things that she uh elizabeth warren was pushing for was to make it so that these big companies that are getting uh you know aid are not able to then invest that money in stock buybacks which then it's essentially a way of the higher ups to funnel money into their pocket um, right. yeah. and like drive value of the uh, stock price, which I mean, really briefly, there's, uh, you know, th- it was reported that Jeff Bezos and other top executives uh, sold billions of dollars in stock ahead of the uh, crash that was caused by the coronavirus. Um, oh, yeah. Have we heard more on that story yet? I know that that was like a ProPublica story that like broke late last week. I don't know if there's been more reporting on it since. Yeah. I mean, we're it's not detailed. I just found it in a uh, <laughs> 
in a story on like one of these Wall Street blogs where where they ended the story by being like, go him. Uh, so they're yeah. reporting on it like, way to go, <laughs> smart move. Um, but I mean, we've Yeehaw. learned that the rich and the powerful all seem to know this was coming before the rest of us and we're kind of controlling the story to manipulate the stock market and you know, presumably justifying it as a way to prevent the country from panicking. Uh, but it turns out while, while they were aware that things were going to go to shit, they were making predatory moves to make money at the expense of people who didn't know that the country was about to go to shit. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, you know, selling stuff off before mm-hmm. the the market goes down. Like, yeah, that's, you know, in the in the language of Wall Street and American capitalism, that's sort of priced in that that's just like a thing people would do. But that that is what they're doing. They're taking advantage of other people who don't have access to information because they aren't as rich and powerful as them. And, you know, it's predatory. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. A distillation of that is just that the way this system works is to win, you got to leave somebody holding the fucking bag. And then you win. It's hot potato. And if you have a better mechanism to know when to toss the fucking potato off to somebody else and then they get burned, ooh, look at you. You're still in the game and you moved up a level. Meanwhile, somebody's left holding the fucking bag. And that's where we're at now, where without these fucking substantive changes to how we are doing operating in this country, the fucking working people will be left holding the bag. They will be left holding the hot ass potato that will burn up most of the country. As it pertains to literally everything, like even down to like all the stock market shit, there are, I mean, obviously there are those like rich people that are, are like, I can't fucking believe, you know, I'm losing all this money. But but ultimately, who are the people who actually suffer as a result of the stock market eating shit because of the actions of the of the one percent is like that trickles down to small businesses having to close and yeah, that trickles yeah. down to people losing their retirement. I saw a little bit of talk about this on the Reddit of like, well, you know, people who have their retirement attached to stock should have known what they're getting into. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's you know, a, a way to manipulate the lower class is to, like, if you've been reassured your whole life that this is an unkillable thing and that this is the smartest way, and also some employers kind of push you to take a certain retirement route, like, what are you going to fucking do? That Those are the people yeah. who, who end up, it's, it's those people and it's small businesses. And, you know, if a billionaire loses some money, they're fine. It's still like the the working class and the middle class that suffers right. as as a result of of like yeah everything. Because that's all yeah. well and good if someone's savvy enough to say, oh God, I can never put my retirement into a volatile stock market. But that that actually doesn't c- consider the fact that for ages people like in popular culture you have drilled into your head like yeah man stock market dude like that's where you gotta go man that's where it's fucking blah 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 and if you're trusting enough to say oh well my company says that's where it should be and like why would they fuck me over not because they have a deal with the bank that's watching our entire retirement fund uh maybe that's that is the right thing to do and yeah it's tough because yeah a lot of people who have their you know livelihoods tied up in there are gonna hurt and really the only thing we've seen trickle the fuck down is pain i have not seen any anything trickle down from the top that is of any kind of use to anybody the only thing that's trickled down is pain the pain and consequence trickle baby 
Going back to the language and how this is priced in, so that article that ends saying about Jeff Bezos, go him, has this portion. Uh, More than 150 executives and officers each sold at least $1 million in company stock during February and March after selling no stock at all in the previous year. Uh, None made more than Amazon's Jeff Bezos. He unloaded $3.4 billion in Amazon shares just before the stock market peaked. Uh, Bezos reportedly sold more shares in the first week of February than in the entire previous 12 months. So yeah, these are, these are people who knew what was about to happen. And like you said, it was a game of hot potato and you know, that's, that's nothing to him, but that's fucking a lot of people for whom that's their entire retirement. Like you said. Um, so I, I don't think like I get the point of people in the Reddit being like, well, they, shouldn't have invested in the uh, stock market, but like, let's keep our eye on the the villain here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Extremely, like, extremely wealthy who are fucking over uh, people who aren't extremely, extremely. And they're wealthy. laughing their asses off to whatever the fuck weird Island they go to. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. it's, you read these stories, but then they're like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to peace out to wherever the, whatever. I mean, this, this is, yeah. this is the they're game. This is the, the stage. Right. Yeah. They're all, the, Oh man. Oh, we should just do a, a a scripted comedic podcast called Stedman's, Stedman's Guest, Guest House. House. Don't go into Stedman's Guest House. Don't make him sick. It's like we misery, but it's like <laughs> Oprah is like the Kathy oh, Bates character. I love Stedman so much. Uh, all right, guys, let's take another quick break and we'll be back. And we're back. And uh, so let's talk about social distancing because uh, it does seem like it might be working in New York. Yesterday, uh, Cuomo uh, noted that the curve is kind of going in the right direction. On Sunday, the projection was that hospitalizations would be doubling every two days. Uh, On Monday, it was doubling every 3.4 days. And on Tuesday, it was every 4.7 days. Um, so obviously that's still a scary number. You don't want, uh, the number of hospitalizations doubling at all, but, uh, it does seem to be moving in the right direction. And, you know, he's, he also noted that these things bounce all over the place. So who knows, but for the time being, it does seem like, you know, making the population less dense is working. And, yeah. you know, I think that oh, can be yeah. attributed to people starting to take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, by extension, it can be uh, attributed to the daily zeitgeist. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think that we are probably the number one reason that this is this is working. I'm surprised, yeah. actually, we're not getting any direct stimulus aid from right. this package. But, you know, that's fine because mm-hmm. we are... Um, we're second rate, that's a second uh, but rate like, issue, yeah, it is good because you know I think that's the kind of news we need to hear right now as we isolate. Because in the beginning, it felt like, oh my god, we need to retreat into our homes because a fucking tidal wave of sickness is just gonna wash over the land, and that's what we're doing. Rather than we need to stay inside, so we cut down. There's like oh, so many good graphics that show you like how you know sickness transmission works when you don't socially isolate versus socially isolating. And when everyone is a fixed point on that map, it's very hard for the infection to spread. But when everyone's mingling, it goes around like wildfire. And I think to see that, you know what, like it, 
it may it appears that this could be having a tangible effect for the people who are going to really need the medical support and assistance uh that you know just shows you we're all doing it together um and it's paying off hopefully but but there's no there's no way we can be complacent it's merely that yes we have to continue doing this regardless um yeah. and there's a Gallup poll that was saying that there's even there's it's been increasing in terms of the number of Americans who are actually engaging in social distancing and actually taking everything very seriously. Um, right now, last week it was around 54% of Americans who are like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess it's a serious thing to now it's 72%. Um, and there's even the number of people who are even foregoing like small gatherings, even ones that are like numerically allowed by the, their municipalities. They're even avoiding those that involve friends and relatives because they're just really taking it seriously. And um, like low, I mean, something that I've enjoyed, and it's like don't harass people, but right. uh, low key, low key roasting of people who are clearly still meeting up in small groups has been a a fun thing to see. There was a, I don't know <laughs> if it was, a, it might have been the the evil evil Wall Street Journal that had like that wrote that did a story about. Um, people who were still hiking, like the Runyon Canyon people who were still out hiking. And they took all these pictures of people holding a tape measure between themselves, like a six foot. And, and I think that the people in the picture were like, Oh, this is going to be used in an article about like social distancing and how good we're doing. And then it was kind of used in an article about like, Hey, guess what? This doesn't fucking count. Like it was funny. <laughs> yeah. There was a yeah. funny thing where there's like a Kentucky mayor who I, I mean, I, I'm assuming this is was a real thing. But this mayor was just like on Facebook, just basically saying like the words, listen up, dipshits. This is a big <laughs> fucking deal. Stay at home. <laughs> well, Kentucky had that dude who like tested positive and they're like, all right, we got to quarantine you here. And he was like, I'd like to see you try and just like walked yeah. out of the hospital so I, I love that for Kentucky. Yeah, Gabe Brown, mayor man. of Walton, Kentucky. He just said, it's a Hell big yeah. fucking deal. He goes, if you ignore this problem, the worst thing that could happen is that your mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, aunts, aunts, uncles could die. Yeah. Hey. Be responsible. And if you don't, then screw you. Warmest regards, Mayor Gabe Brown. Yeah. Boom. And love it. I mean, we're seeing in the United States a scary number of the people who are dying are actually younger. So, I mean, that that was definitely yeah. the case in Europe. But, I mean, we're seeing a lot of people in their 40s and 50s. A uh, famous chef uh, in his 50s just passed yeah, away. Yeah, Floyd Cardoz. Yeah, that was really... Who was, I was just watching him on that David Chang show, like a couple, yeah. like a week ago, which was wild. Yeah. I was like, oh, I never heard of this dude. Or, I mean, like, I, I don't know many famous chefs. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting what he's doing. And then to read that headline, I was like, oh, my God. This- yeah. You know, you really have to take it seriously. The other thing, though, too, in this Gallup poll they found is that along party lines, very clear one party is taking it seriously. The other is on its way. So 78% of Democrats who they polled were like, yes, I'm very much taking the set, the social distancing thing seriously and keeping my space, isolating. Uh, Republicans, 56%. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Cool. Glad that they're determined to kill people in any way possible. I think it's just right. really just total denial. That's really, for me, that's what I see is like this inability. Cause I think there's a mentality, even if you're like a, you know, American loving patriot, is that ain't nothing bad can happen to this country because we're the fucking greatest nation and like we'll always figure it out. 
and then cut to now, I think some people don't want to sort of confront the fact that, oh, yeah, our medical system is not good. Our our federal government response is completely disjointed. And I think it's easier for someone just to be like, no, nah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Then to face the terror of like, oh, my God, is everyone in a leadership role inept? And is the system that I'm living in completely broken that it could be really bad? Nah, forget it. I'm just going to no, go no, take no, my no, boat no, out. No, 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 Couldn't be true. Take the uh, boat out. Yeah. In, in other news, I think that Seth MacFarlane is becoming Yang Gang. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Was, he, was he not Yang Gang before? No, he no. He was a major, uh, he's caping for Boot. Pete big time. Uh, boots. But now he's like, I'm the king of social distancing, and I keep retweeting Andrew Yang. So, story to watch. Huh. Hey, man. That's, I mean, uh, it- what do we think Yang's chances are right now? You think he's still? <laughs> I think it's not too late out? for him to get back. Has, maybe it's time for him to drop back into the race. Yes. Yeah. Hey, are there? Yeah. Can I tag back in, or like once I say outsies, I'm outsies. Uh, yeah. Andrew Yang's like, what's the over under on me zip lining back into the race? <laughs> zip lines into a debate could be fun. Well, it's just funny how so many, you know, like we were saying even a couple weeks ago, the policies that even like with Andrew Yang really talking about universal basic income, or yeah, he showed you know, us. Elizabeth Warren with like her talking about the next financial crisis and like one of her blog posts from like a year ago to Bernie Sanders, Medicare for like all these people like, oh, yeah, this is too progressive. It's too radical. And now people are screaming for it. It's it's so it's amazing to see how quickly the pendulum can swing the other way. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's locked in an oak chest so he can't (laughs) like. uh. Hey, the Um, thing about the cure is you got to. You got to you got to make sure you do you take care of the cure. Yeah. Did you see that when he said that on the no, view? Really? Oh, boy, it was I'm I'm so confident on his game. I feel um, yeah. he's got this. Yeah. I mean the fact that I I'm happy to see everything like the public sentiment moving in the right direction, the the fact that Republicans aren't getting the same message that everybody else is it seems like it's a symptom of something much larger that's broken in the country that I feel like could be exploited going forward and uh, by the Trump administration in this election year with future crises. If Trump loses the election, for instance, and decides he doesn't want to leave the office, I am a little bit concerned seeing how poorly or how effectively, I guess, the Fox News conservative media complex is able to just shield those folks from the truth. And one other group that is worth taking a look at are the televangelists. Uh, That's one industry that hasn't slowed at all due to the global pandemic. Mm -mm. Uh, So Trump's, I guess she's like his spiritual advisor. Uh, Oh, yeah. Paula White, is that? Mm Mm-hmm. So she was was praying for safety for the, the dear Senator Paul Rand. Who yes. came ill? Dear Lord, please pray Paul over Senator Rand. Paul Rand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, so she did a coronavirus-themed prayer session that she delivered to her online congregation, uh, where she conflated the coronavirus outbreak uh, with the fundraising needs of the quote city of destiny, which is her church, um, mm-hmm. and just made it sound like she was raising money for the coronavirus relief, but in fact was just raising money for her church and uh, went on to suggest that contributors offer 
Uh, a mere $91 donation, citing Psalm 91, or maybe yeah. just $9, whatever God tells you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, another associated of the Trump administration uh, who's been invited to White House dinners, uh, Kenneth Copeland, claimed that he could heal people infected with the c- coronavirus if they simply touched their TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Trump's former li- liaison for Christian policy during the 2016 campaign, Frank Amidia, claimed he'd heard stories of supernatural healings in China what? due to the power of God. That's uh, sick. And, That's sick. That's sick. Yeah. Another of Trump's former White House guests, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, vowed to cure the entire state of Florida of coronavirus. Which worked. Uh, which I, I actually last, I don't think it did. Uh, which is well, no, 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 no. It's uh, it's a time release, sir. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Yeah, so you got <laughs> time it. Time released. It's in a gel cap. It's like Adderall. Yeah, it's, it's, in, it's actually healthier if it releases over time. A vocal Trump supporter, Jim Baker, currently being sued by the oh, state yeah. of Missouri for hawking a bullshit king. coronavirus cure, a silver solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, he held up a blue silver bottle, gazing intently at the label as he questioned the woman sitting next to him. This influenza that is now circling the globe, you're saying that silver solution would be effective? And the natural health expert was like, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, All right, well, you heard it it here, y'all. Cross network plug. uh, Robert just did an episode on coronavirus uh, grifters on Behind the Bastards this week, and... Uh, you are the I, guest. I, I am his guest. Yes, that is hey. what I was trying to say. I was like, "What's well, the second half of the sentence?" Uh, I'm his <laughs> guest. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah, there's a ton, a ton of Jim Baker talk. Oh yeah, and um, I mean, right now people are in a anyone in a fear state is so susceptible to bullshit right now, and I think that's the other thing to really keep in your mind is like people are looking for answers or hope or something, and for a certain type of person, this is prime fucking scam time. Mm. yeah um but anyways i mean i like i think that that is a reason that republicans are more likely to be victimized by the false belief that they're not in danger is you know these are people who the president has legitimized like has said you know these are uh these are great people who we should believe in who he believes in and they are like straight up snake oil salespeople. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What's the story about the Cowboy Museum security guard? Oh, oh well, that's. I mean, that's not an act. I, I've just been. You know, there's so many nice stories going around, but that that's just one where they're at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. It's in Oklahoma, basically because the museum's closed. Like the sec, like like one or two security guards, only people that are there all the time. So <laughs> they let the one of the secu- like the head of security just take over as social media manager. And he's like posting stuff from inside the the uh, museum on his own. His name's Tim. And he's like, mm-hmm. his first post is like his work photo. And he's like, hello, friends. My name is Tim. And I'm the head security uh, head of security for the Cowboy Museum. I've been asked to take on the additional duty of social media management. I'm new to social media, but excited to share what I am told is called content. On all, the, on all of the Cowboys Museums, uh, what I'm told are on, on all of the museum's platforms including the Twitter, the Facebook, and the Instagram. My team and I will also continue to protect and monitor the museum and grounds. And he, like, does shit, like, when he does hashtag, he would spell out the word hashtag. Um, Wait, really? I love it. 
And then people were like, okay, oh, I'm sorry. I realize I'm not using the hashtag, right? And then he would add a hashtag with the word hashtag. I mean, I don't know how like <laughs> like honest it is, but it's just it's just a funny. It, Even if it's a it character, it's laugh. still funny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's great um, character work. It's a great thing because he just like walks through and he's like, check this out. He's like, this is a this is an outfit from True Grit from 1969 from the John en- John Wayne Enterprises, and it's like little knickknacks <laughs> here and there. It's, <laughs> That's great. Shout out it. to him. Shout out to Tim. But yeah, I mean, aside from that, hey. Just keep on doing your unguided or guided meditations. Yes. I guide my uh, own. Yeah. At, Jamie, I think what you need to do is record just as a piece of art what the Jamie Loftus school of meditation, guided but unguided, <laughs> unbound meditation would be. Just a solo yeah. description yeah. of burying yourself alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, Jamie, where can people? Jamie, it's been a pleasure having you. First of all, oh, I like to. I want to say you. that to you. Uh, where right. can people find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter.com at Jamie Loftus Help. You can find me on Instagram at Jamie Cries Superstar. Uh, I I think by the time this episode goes up tomorrow, I'll have a cameo account that is going to be. Uh, I'll do. So the, cameo, it's a whole thing. You got to check it out. I'm giving all the money away to COVID-19 uh, relief. So trust that I, I will not be keeping a cent of your money. But basically, uh, I'll write, you submit a cameo request uh, and I will uh, write a small play um, starring the two of us in which I'm the hero. <laughs> nice. So that's, uh, that's what's going on. And is there a uh, tweet or some other active social media you've been enjoying? Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, burying yourself alive, uh, I saw a funny, <laughs> I saw a funny tweet yesterday uh, from Matt Apodaca, uh, who is involved in uh, with the Doughboys, and they're, uh, they, they, he just posted a simple screenshot of him. Uh, on Animal Crossing, he had dug a hole in Animal Crossing, and it's just him telling Nick Weiger to get in. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh a lot. That's funny. Uh, Miles, where can people find you, and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, at Miles of Grey, and also on my other show, 420 Day Fiance, with Sophia Alexander, talking about 90 Day Fiance. Is that show continues uh a tweet that i like there's a few one is from at katya zamo it says went out to get the mail without realizing i was still wearing my quarantine pjs aka totally naked with dildos in my ass mouth and both hands whoops lol (laughs) (laughs) another one is from uh at sweaty harry it says fine i'll bite what's the economy (laughs) (laughs) awesome uh, Joel Kim Booster tweeted, Joe Exotic was the first openly gay presidential candidate. Uh, <laughs> and hey, John, John Dooling uh, forwarded along one of those hand-washing techniques with soap and water <laughs> uh, yeah. things where uh, they put the lyrics of the song underneath it. Uh, and <laughs> it's uh, the lyrics to the intro to Method Man, the torture part. Oh, um, fucking 
I'll, I'll fucking, fucking tie you to the fucking bedpost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised there just... wasn't the the blau in there. I was I was actually a little bit upset blau, blau wasn't in there, but you know, you get what you can take. Yeah, or you take what like... you can get. <laughs> you get what you, but you also get what you can take. You get what oh. you can take is the American capitalist mentality. Wh- you get what you other... can take. One other, one other quick. Uh, well, not, and I didn't enjoy this, but you're just like, oh, uh, those Florida students who were uh, still on spring break, uh, they all have coronavirus. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. They like talk to them. The yeah, like the students from that video who are like all red and flushed and like, yeah, we're gonna party forever, you know, fuck it. That yeah, they they tested positive for corona. That's like a legitimate news story. They followed up and they all have coronavirus. Uh, yes, it was a reported story. Oh my. That's like the other thing where some idiots hey, had a yay. corona had a coronavirus party and like sixteen people got it there. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was like a ri- that rich person par- party where like everybody got it, and people that was like like in at LA, the party right? were all talking about like how they were like, oh, I wonder if we're gonna all get coronavirus, and then it was like, <laughs> yeah, you did. God. Funny. Listen to fucking scientists, idiots. Oh, I mean, it's never funny when anyone gets coronavirus, but it, you know, no. the, the the kids from the coronavirus video have coronavirus. End of anecdote. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The <laughs> only thing is to say is they were literally asking for it, and like a great goosebumps uh, title once told me, "Be careful what you wish for." Wow. Yes. Mm, perfect. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on, Miles. What's that going to be? Uh, yeah, I want to actually call out um, a really famous jazz saxophonist uh african jazz player uh who did a lot for like african music and afro funk and just got a lot of people interested in african jazz and that's Man- uh, manu dibongo who passed away earlier this week from coronavirus um he's like a legendary musician like uh i remember i first started listening to his music off like this like weird BitTorrent file i downloaded that was like three gigs of african music and his work is really great so we'll just go out on probably his most famous song uh and listen to his music i mean african jazz is fantastic listen uh and the song's called soul makosa um so that's from manu Dabango. rest in power to a sax jazz legend uh and you know someone an unfortunate casualty of the coronavirus um you know an elderly person who You know, it sucks, but that's sort of where we're at right now. Uh, And we're seeing all kinds of people go down every day that uh, from this, uh, whether whether or not it would have happened anyway, like some people's mentality, um, it seems at the very least could have been preventable in this way. Uh, well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We will be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.